1: with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson.
2: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inner Sight. Our theme for today is The Good, The True, and The Beautiful. And before we begin, I'd like to mention that we have a gift for you again today. Stay with us, and later on in the show, we'll talk about how you can get your gift. And our thought for today comes from the works of Alice Bailey. The good, the true, and the beautiful is on its way, and for it, humanity is responsible. And Alice Bailey is the author of all 24 volumes of literature, and All of our literature is spoken about on this show, from one show to the next. Every dialogue that we have emanates from the works of Alice Bailey. How can we define the good, what is beautiful, and what is true?
1: Well, it's not easy because these are such familiar concepts that I suppose anything one says descends into platitudes very Mm -hmm. easily. So all I can do is draw upon the writings of Alice Bailey that might give us a fresh insight In her writings, the good is described or defined as the will to good, which works out on the physical plane or the material outer level of life as goodwill. And somewhere in her writings, I read that good is related to that which relates the individual to the larger whole. Uh, So taking that, uh, it would mean that um, the good is that which produces the well-being, the welfare of the whole, and not the good of the individual, which might go against the Mm -hmm. interests of the larger common good. And the beautiful, she says, concerns a quality of life. It's an expression of the soul. Um, And... That suggests the quality of radiance. You know how so often we say that something or someone is beautiful even though its physical form is not perfect? And that might relate to the factor of radiance, which is an inner mm-hmm. quality that expresses through the outer form. That's beauty. And the true, she says, is as much of divine expression as any individual can demonstrate at his particular point in evolution, and that's why we often say one person's truth is different than another person's truth, because we aren't all at the same point in evolution, but we have to live up to our own highest uh, understanding of what is true and reasonable and right.
2: When you say the group, though, is it the type of uh, thought where we uh, judge our actions and say, well, if everyone did this, would it be good? and then we jo- uh, that would that be a criteria for what is good
1: that's one way to apply it mm-hmm. have it come back at you yeah. from some some other source how would you feel and ask yourself does it apply to the common good does it serve the good of the greater whole
0: mm-hmm. there's um uh, course truth uh, is a relative term um we we tend to see ourselves for example as separate uh, beings uh, separate from all others but um, this is, and this is true at a certain stage at the personality level, but uh, not true at the level of the soul, because at that level where it's where we begin to realize our oneness. And uh, that is the uh, great truth that lies behind this uh, illusionary um, illusion that we are separate beings, uh, perhaps at one level we are, but at the level of wholeness, um, that is the great truth, uh, that we are all one. So there is a oneness there. So I mean, that's kind of an example of how truth can be um, true <laughs> at one level and not true at, well, one, at what's inter- another level. Well,
2: what's interesting too, Dill, is you're is saying that uh, what's true, we can't really rely on our five senses to de- to determine what truth is,
0: then. No, we can't. We have to look beyond, uh, you know... To but we
1: have to start you know. with our five senses. I don't think I agree with that. I think we have to rely upon our uh, our five senses and the sixth sense, which is our intuition.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, we have to look beyond the five senses as well. That uh, And uh, that, that's where the real truth uh, lies behind the form.
2: Mm-hmm. How are the good the true and the beautiful. How are they related to evolution?
1: Well, we could say that they are impulses uh, to aspire or to move forward because our sense of what is good and beautiful and true creates a kind of a friction within ourselves. We... We see some something of beauty, uh, of goodness, and we compare it or match it to our present attainment and expression, and we usually find ourselves coming up short. Mm-hmm. And so you could say that it, it these these values provide a kind of a spur or an impetus to change and grow.
2: Yeah. Um. One of my thoughts is about concerning, concerning the writings of Alice Bailey is um, she speaks of power of the good, the beautiful, and the true as, quote, mystical perception, end quote.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What does she mean by this?
1: Well, that's a phrase that's often puzzled me. But she says that mystical perception or mystical vision is the... The vision of the soul, which dwells within the person, the divinity that that is within the human being, has a different view or vision or expectation of life than we, the outer personality, might have, uh, so it manifests as something that's innate within every human being and that gives that human being the power to go out to, or to aspire to, something finer and higher and better than his present circumstances. And maybe that's related to um, uh, a comment that a defense attorney, a very famous defense attorney made some years ago, explaining why she defends people that commit such terrible crimes. She said that she believed that people are better than their worst action. And I think that's related to this statement. There is within every human being, no matter of how low a quality they might be on the outer level, uh, an ability to aspire to something better. It might express as um, a love of family or of their group, or it might express as kind of a, uh, an appreciation of beauty through artistic expression, or uh, maybe the mind is awake and alive and inquiring and curious.
0: It's really the kind of the basis for all striving for uh, some kind of vision of uh, perfection. I think we, mm-hmm. because we see it in artistic creations, uh, the registration and the recording of the good and the beautiful and the true, and this produce is produced through the writer, or the poet, or the artist or the architect, and we we see these types of people, these artistic people, are always striving. To uh, reach for some vision that they have.
1: And uh, usually they're frustrated by their inability to really express it perfectly.
0: Right, yeah. And it's the urge to uh, also to scientists or uh, to uh, explorers. They're reaching out, they're urged to discover and to penetrate to the secrets of nature and to uh, uh, the, the, the secrets of the Earth. Uh, explorers, whether on Earth or even now in space. Uh, they're trying to seek uh, seek something that's beyond themselves or where they presently stand. And uh, it gets back to that mystical perception that you mentioned because that's innate in every one of us, I think, to some degree, and perhaps more so in all these outstanding artists and creators.
2: Mm-hmm. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And we do have that gift for you, and it's very easy to order the gift. The gift is a cassette. Generally, we've given away booklets to you in the past, but now we have a cassette. It's called, the title is Beginning to Meditate, and I think you'll enjoy it, as I did. And I've derived a lot of benefits from meditation. I'm a calmer person as a result of it. I think I think more clearly and... It's, uh, it's, uh, I think it also promoted good health, not only for myself, but it gives me a chance to meditate on other people's well-being. So if you'd like that uh, cassette, it's a gift. Uh, just give us a call at the toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. Once again, it's 1-866-695-8247. And that's to order the cassette, our gift to you, Beginning to Meditate. And if you'd like to order the book that this show is based on, our, all of our dialogue is uh, based on the writings of Alice Bailey. She's the founder of the Lucis Trust organization that sponsors this show. But uh, one, of the, one book out of the 24 volumes uh, upon which uh, most of this discussion is based is titled Education in the New Age. Once again, Education in the New Age. And you can, either, you can call us uh, to order the gift, uh, which is our cassette, Beginning to Meditate, or our book, if you'd like to, at 1866. An easy way to remember it is N.Y. LUCIS. Think of New York LUCIS, 1866. NY nylucis or once again, 1866, 866 695 8247 And although you can order our book from Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, Borders, Bookstore. Uh, if you order it directly from LUCIS Trust, you'll get a 10% Discount if you order all twenty four volumes of books, so explore life with us as we frequently mentioned, we're not a religion, we're a philosophy and um, we're a philosophy organization. We like to explore life, look at the deeper meanings of life and I think reading uh, Luci's Trust books will give you hope for a life and perhaps uh, motivate you to examine your own position in this world, your own life, where you got you're going, where you've been and cause you to think about the most important gift that you have, and that's your, your own life. The Alice Bailey writings also relate the good, the true, and the beautiful to disease. Can you explain a bit about this?
1: Well, it's based on one of the laws of healing and disease, which are outlined in the book by Alice Bailey called Esoteric Healing, and that law says perfection calls imperfection to the surface. Good drives evil from the form of man in time and space, and the method used is harmlessness.
0: There's another law that also uh, <clears throat> addresses this whole question of disease and the good and the beautiful, and it says, disease, both physically, physical and psychological, has its roots in the good, the beautiful, and the true. And um, one might ask, uh, how can yeah. this be? I mean, what does uh, disease have to do with the good, the beautiful, and the true? And, um, well, according to the writings of Alice Bailey, um, this comes about because this divine urge within the human being uh, tends to produce, in fact, this divine urge is essentially the soul aspect And it tends to produce a resistance in uh, the personality life because the personality, the physical personality, has its own agenda, has its own values, and its own direction that it wants to go.
1: Which is usually a status quo, isn't mm, it?
0: Yeah, and it's usually a a purely material Mm. uh, direction and material values. But on the other hand, the soul... Has its own plans and its own direction and purposes and values that it is trying to work through this personal um, personality, and so there there tends to set up a, a a point of friction within the personality life, and this in turn may cause a, um, a an area of inflammation somewhere in the body. Which in turn leads to a disease of some kind or another. So we don't always attribute disease to uh, the uh, to the discontent <coughs> of the personality life with the soul impact, but according to the ageless wisdom teachings, there is this factor that's at work. And perhaps if we begin to think of disease in this terms, then it might put a whole different perspective on uh, the way we look at disease
1: in life. Well, it makes it seem sort of inevitable, uh, an inevitable part of the human condition until one's achieved perfection, which yeah, for most of us is a long way down yeah. the road.
0: And it also says that in time, and this may be a little hard to believe too, that in time disease will begin to disappear or phase out or become less uh, of a problem because as, as the, the uh, energy of goodwill becomes more apparent and prominent in human living and becomes a spontaneous uh, reflection, a spontaneous way of acting, which is a, um, a soul value, a soul um, energy, then as this happens, then disease will uh, begin to disappear.
1: Right, but I guess the there's another way of looking at this that I think our society and particularly uh, the, the healers who are um, trying to um, make human beings aware of more alternative approaches to health, which is very, very good, sometimes seem to give the um, point of view that if you are ill, you've done something wrong, you've failed somehow, and It's true that disease is a combination of the two words, dis-ease, out of harmony, out Mm. of sync, or out of order. And, of course, that makes us think that's not good, and therefore the person who has perfect health must be a very advanced, very successful, very good person. But when we look at disease as, um, in terms of what you've just said, that there's a friction that's imposed by the, the indwelling divinity upon its obstinate, Mm -hmm. um, calcified, uh, unresponsive vehicle or form, the personality, then disease can be an expression of an urge to growth and an urge to evolution, an urge to become something more. It doesn't mean failure always.
2: So what you're saying is that there, it could be a uh, more or less a conflict or a disharmony between a uh, disharmony between the soul that wants to uh, bring the individual along a certain path and mm-hmm. the uh, and the personality within the individual who says. I want to stay within my comfort, my yeah. familiar surroundings, my, my security. Quo. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, I have things just the way I like them. Please don't ask me to change or move or budge in any way. I have things just the way I like it. Mm-hmm. That's the personality. That isn't necessarily good, and the soul might view that attitude with real horror. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the personality views disease with real horror also. True, but, uh, and of but course it, yeah. we do.
1: I'm not saying, yeah. oh, good, let's all get ill. Uh, yeah. No, we we resist that, and rightly so. I'm just saying this judgmental mm-hmm. view that says somebody who is ill has done something wrong with his life doesn't necessarily hold up.
0: No, but when the, the um, when one begins to uh, direct his life more towards the spiritual um uh, Orientation, let's say, then I think there is more of a peace of mind that comes over one, and one is beginning. There is a synchronization there mm-hmm. between the outer life and the inner life, and I think that's very important. It reminds me of of a uh, studies that are just coming out now in uh, in terms of in hospitals, and uh, and that's the use of prayer, the mm-hmm. effect that prayer has on patients, and the finding that it, of course. People who pray already knew this, but uh, doctors are finding out that it it does have a definite effect upon the health of the patient and the well-being and the the healing process. And I think if you look at it, it more esoterically and spiritually, what's really happening is prayer takes the focus off the physical problem, off the physical disease. It lifts the focus up towards the spirit And this opens up a channel to the spirit and that energy of the soul can pour in more freely and that allows a a healing to take place and that allows a feeling of uh, more contentment and at ease and uh, it does produce a healing effect and that's one of the values of prayer because it lifts the focus of consciousness away from the physical onto the spiritual and that's very important. Hmm.
2: Well, does education have a role in developing a sense of the good, the beautiful, and the true?
1: Oh, I think it has an absolutely vital role. And um, I wonder whether modern education really gives sufficient value and importance to um, awakening within, especially within young children, a sense of the good, the beautiful, and the true. In some ways, our society seems so so cynical and so reluctant to... um, promote values or even to discuss them. But I've often wondered what effect, uh, for example, beauty might have on the development of a child. We know that uh, children, and especially adolescents, have their own taste in music, and uh, sometimes, well, almost inevitably, it's a, a style of music that older people don't appreciate, and that's just a part of Life that there are these differences in generations, but what if they had to supplement their own uh, adolescent preferences in music, a good dose of what we consider um really uplifting fine music, classical music, and so on? What might that that um impulse of beauty? due to their sensitization to their ability to aspire to something better the same with literature and drama um i saw a uh, a program recently about a class of children not from a particularly um economically uh, well-to-do area at all who had on a, a production of a Shakespeare uh, play, and it was not easy for them, uh, especially to master the language, which is, you know, is Middle English, and it's not easy uh, for any of us to to be comfortable in that dialogue. But by golly, they did it, and uh, they were they were uplifted by it and inspired by it. So yes, I think education has a vital role in this.
0: Yes, and unfortunately, um, you wonder about today's uh, educators uh, and whether they really uh, recognize the value of this because they seem to be, that's one of the programs that first get cut, you know, the,
2: the, the arts and the humanities. The right. arts and the humanities, <laughs> you know,
0: there goes the band yeah. and there goes the play, <laughs> plays and uh, all the creative works. And this is really what would draw out the great, spiritual aspect of every child, if you they could all participate in these activities, but they're being cut out because you know sports comes first and that's where the money is. You know
2: Isaac Asimov, the uh, famous science fiction writer, said one time that uh, if our if our civilization uh, ever ceased to exist, that uh, future worlds and civilizations, that the primary thing that they would be interested in discovering about us would be uh, the humanities that we had, the arts, the the, uh, all of the poetry that we have, that that would be the prime thing because any uh, any society will eventually discover the law of relativity. So that was an interesting co- comment by Asimov. But uh, if a sense of the good, the beautiful, and the true produces a recognition of our shortcomings, who sets the standards by which we are
1: measured? Well, yes, that's an interesting thought, um, the recognition of our shortcomings, uh, speaking of the friction that Dale mentioned a while ago that's generated by the soul and its vision and the personality's recognition that it, it isn't matching that vision fully. Doesn't that suggest that the judge of the shortcomings comes from ourselves, from our inner self? Mm, Uh, We are, in many ways, probably our own harshest judge, and we need to learn to be merciful and patient with ourselves, even as we strive towards something better, something finer. But I think that, that judgment is rendered by the soul,
0: Yes, I was interested in reading one of the definitions, in in fact, in the dictionary uh, of good, what good is. And it says there, at least one of the definitions, is something conforming to the moral order of the universe, or conforming to a standard. So uh, we're always striving to conform to some higher standard. And I suppose ultimately it is... uh, it is God that is the judge of uh, the standards that we uh, set for ourselves, and He's uh, He's the one. Ultimately, it is that's where the judgment comes.
1: We learn to make this judgment uh, step by step, I suppose, through choices and values, and through our ability to. Discriminate between um, the the lesser good and the greater good, and our ability to set aside um, perhaps personal preference sometimes or the comfortable choice and choose something that's um, that our inner our inner uh, voice says is finer and better, uh, and that takes time and experience and setbacks. And that's what differentiates people for one from another. The the real authentic spiritual seeker is the one who will not give up, who will mm-hmm. not stop striving towards something better, who is always in a process of becoming and growing and mm-hmm. not setting, sitting back in self-satisfaction. So
2: the true person who's on the path of spiritual self-discovery does not reach a plateau where he... Sits comfortably and says, I, I don't, I'm not going on anymore. Well, <laughs> I'm not continuing on that path I, any longer.
1: I don't think one dare say that. Uh-huh. Um, maybe when you get to a certain age, you you have to let up on the inner pressure. But I'm not so sure about that because I once heard a very old lady, I think she was 102 or 103 Say that every day she tried to be a better person. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should never give up on that uh, striving to develop our tastes and our our level of um, our sense of beauty, our recognition of the true and the good. It's it's a self-imposed standard that we're trying to meet, and the goal is always extended further in front of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's said that the soul, though, never uh, gives us more than we can handle in any one particular lifetime. So, uh, I suppose there is a limit to, and there is there are goals that uh, uh, are set at that spiritual level. But um, no, I, I I agree with what you said. We can always improve our uh, attitudes to life, our attitudes to other people. And uh, that is as much striving for the good and the true and the beautiful as just what we do with our own particular thought life and uh, uh, the the relationships that we have with other people. Those, you can always tweak those little mm-hmm. little uh, things.
1: Don't you <clears throat> think if the soul doesn't give us uh, a, more than we can handle as a goal? that suggests to me that maybe every human being has a different uh, set of standards to meet and a different realm of possibility of attainment uh and we have to live up to our own highest sense of what is best and most beautiful it might vary with each person but our conscience is our guide really our inner voice that says oh i can do better i can I can aspire to something finer. That's what we ought to listen to and not anything said to us by society, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the beauty of the universe is in its diversity. I agree with mm-hmm. you, Sarah. Maybe, maybe it's joy as a universe that can harmonize that diversity. But mm-hmm. uh, this show is funded by the generous donations of our listeners. And we need and we welcome your support. And in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There is a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.